You're saying a lot of cool stuff. I'm trying my darndest. I also feel like I'm having trouble saying anything. Hi, welcome to I Don't Know Any Straight People Anymore, in which I talk to queer people. I know, and you have to listen to it. Yeah. Today I'm here with Adele. Hi, Adele. Hey! Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? I can do that. I'm Adele. <laughs> I'm friends with Sophia. I like to think I'm a queer person, and I am 22. I've been told that I should do my... Sophia told me I had to do my sun, moon, rising I sign. I definitely That I had did. no choice. Um, and I am a Cancer sun, Aquarius moon, and Pisces rising. There's a lot of water going on in oh. Enneagram 3. I don't know. Um, I don't know what any of that means. That's for the Enneagram, but... Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and I met Sophia. How old was I when I met Sophia? <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting way. I feel like I was 19. I met Sophia the the young age of 19. Um, and because I was very good friends with her roommate. But then, since then, we've gotten a lot closer. We've done mm -hmm. some climate and environmental justice activism mm -hmm. and organizing together you're also our our resident um like quarantine guest during yes. during the pandemic yeah that was a fun well it wasn't a fun time it was but... more fun because you were there well, in yeah. my opinion <laughs> in retrospect i have like weird probably misplaced nostalgia for being in that apartment but mm -hmm. it was a great time well it was it was good but <laughs> um and yeah so there's there's those things about me. Yeah, and I also feel like you were one of the first people that made me realize or like made me want to do this or like make me feel like this was oh, something yay. I was excited to do. <laughs> I'm serious because you were I was talking about it in sort yeah. of an abstract way and you were like, okay, this is what I would say if I were on the podcast and I wrote it all down and I was like, oh my God, I actually have to do this. <laughs> I mean, I love a chance to talk about myself and if you're going to provide that for me, like... I love hearing exciting. you talk about yourself. I love talking to you. Sophia is a great person to talk to, even not on this podcast. Wow. That's and she so didn't kind. tell me to say that. I feel like we've had a lot of, like, I don't know, the talks about life I want to be having, you mm. know? I feel that way too. We've, re we've mm. reached the depths, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, often we talk about being queer, but today we're here again to yeah. talk about being <laughs> queer um so just to start off like you want to tell us a little bit about your identity and how you got here to this apartment sure <laughs> i feel well i got to this apartment by walking but um i identify <laughs> i'm queer <laughs> i feel like i like that word a lot mm -hmm. no not everyone does Mm -hmm. I I do, and I feel like I use it to describe like both my sexuality and my gender. I started having gay thoughts <laughs> young. I don't know. Um, I I feel like I started to like question it for real when I was like twelve years old, and be like, hmm, there must 
something's wrong with me i could tell mm-hmm. or um did you feel like it was like something's wrong with me or like no. something was different no i was just like oh what yeah i don't know i feel like it was just i don't really it was so long ago it feels like a very very long time ago and i was just i feel like i was just like am i just like i remember thinking like am i just like a really touchy person do i just like love like hugging or am i like <laughs> gay and, and both are true uh-huh. so that's really fun um i think that may not have been one of the signs i think one of the signs was when i was 10 years old i looked up big boobs on google images mm-hmm. the infamous um, google search yeah and i didn't think that that meant anything until multiple <laughs> years later when i remembered it but mm-hmm. yeah there was that so i started like coming out to people when i was like in eighth grade maybe oh wow that's pretty young yeah yeah and i think there was a point in time where i was going between the the bisexual and the lesbian Mm -hmm. words you can relate yeah yeah um and then i feel like i i i decided on the (laughs) i decided on lesbian (laughs) um and i think it was just because like i couldn't relate to my friends talking about men and boys all the time and i was like and i kind of came out in a more like public way i just like said something about liking a woman in class offhanded Mm -hmm. in like ninth grade and then i was like pretty much out all of high school yeah as a lesbian i had a girlfriend in (sighs) 10th grade Mm -hmm. 10th to like the summer before junior year i don't know she's great hope she's doing well (laughs) um yeah so i feel like that's like the first stage Mm -hmm. and it feels very distant Mm -hmm. to me now because it was a long time ago yeah how was it being out in high school i feel like it was fine my high school was kind of conservative but it was more racist than homophobic oh my god no in an interesting way we're like well they was also very split so i feel like politics were kind of split by class in my town Mm -hmm. um and you could kind of see that in like ap honors level classes where people tend to be a lot more liberal um and so like i feel like in my daily life it was fine and there were a good amount of out people i came out as like around the same time as one other person Mm -hmm. jet still sometimes talk to them (laughs) um and there were by the time i graduated like a couple more people in my grade Mm -hmm. people in the grade below so it wasn't like i was the only one you know yeah the lone lesbian against the world (laughs) that's band name Lone lesbian against the world. Yeah, lesbians against the world. Lesbians against the world. That's kind of a sick one. That is kind of. I would be a lesbian again to be in that (laughs) band with you. (laughs) And that gets us to the second part of my perfect segue. (laughs) Very smooth. So I feel like many people. Then I had like a second whole gender thing during the pandemic. Well, actually, okay. So I think it predated the pandemic. Mm. because the um summer after my freshman year of college i i developed deep feelings for someone who wasn't a woman shocking oh my god gasp 
<laughs> no. Lesbian yeah. card revoked. I know. Yeah. What everyone, everyone's biggest nightmare. But <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, this person is still very queer, a non-binary person. But in my mind, but at the time they were using like he, him pronouns. So it was very like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, but it, it was kind of the sort of thing where like at the time I was like, oh, this is what's happening. I'll figure out what it means for me later, like what it means for labels or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I just like, know this is something I'm mm. feeling really strongly. Mm -hmm. So I kind of stopped like using the word lesbian for myself after that. I still like the idea of dating men is makes me uncomfortable. So I, I feel like usually I'm like, oh, I like want to date other queer people. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know where the like exact lines around that gender wise yeah. are. But yeah. like, so I feel like I'm just like going with what happens. But I think that part of that ended up relating to questioning gender later for me because I was like, deconstructing what gender meant like mm. thinking about my own sexuality and like it's so like what what even is it like it's so confusing and then at one point I like was like oh shit wait what about me and then mm. I think that that was one of the things that like contributed to it um so sort of deconstructing how like your attraction to people yeah of other like genders that were not just like a woman so yeah. it contributed to you how you felt yeah and i about yourself yeah and it eventually like turned to me and i think like i don't know two of the big things i can think of that made me start questioning my gender were like i did one of the the head shaves during quarantine mm -hmm. um I done that yeah done by sophia's roommate maya and my dear friend <laughs> When Maya and I lived together, I we had a crazy quarantine situation. That's a whole other story. <laughs> That's a different um, podcast entirely. Yeah, and I remember it was like, what if people like think like mistake my gender in public now? You know, like now mm. that I like have different hair and I'm not like maybe could be less obviously be read as female. It was like exciting for me and like mm. something I thought about, but then it was like also like, Oh no, like what is that? Like what is that? Um and then also I feel like I had a moment um again like how sexuality was connected with gender to me thinking about like the idea of dating a man, a lot of the uncomfortability about it was the idea of like being a woman dating a man mm. and feeling like like that's how I would be perceived in those yeah relationships or that's mm -hmm. how like a man like a straight woman would perceive me and i don't i think i mean part of it's definitely like i don't know sexual whatever preference but i think that that also like contributes to it and why that's like kind of like in yeah. my mind is more like blocked off and like something i like don't want to mm -hmm. do it makes me like more uncomfortable to think about than just like something i yeah am not drawn to so like in terms of like being perceived by like society or by your partner who's a man like as a woman that was what was like that's what you are kind of averse to yeah and does that have to do with like gender in general or like 
gender roles or all of it. Yeah, I think that it, like, has something to do with gender roles. I mean, things are, like, very intertwined, I feel like. And, I mean, I do think I'm, like, I don't know. If I'm going down the street, I feel like I'm more likely to be, like, oh, my God, like, that girl's so pretty. You know, like, that sort of thing. And so I think it's, like, it's not just that, but just realizing that, like, that was one of the reasons that made me, you know, so mm. uncomfortable. And I think it's interesting because when a lot of people transition, their, like, sexual orientation changes. And I think mm. that that's a very interesting thing. And I feel like kind of, they kind of went together with me as well. Mm. In an interesting way. Mm-hmm. I guess so in terms of, like, labels now, you said that just queer feels like it fits the most and that you wouldn't don't really like to pin anything else on it um in terms of sexuality and gender so i guess i'm wondering like how you feel about labels in general as a whole and how that pertains to you i mean i feel like i'm fine with you know like i think that like labels have definitely made more or less sense to me at different times I mean I think when I was first thinking about gender like I felt a lot of pressure it was either like either I figure out I'm this or I'm like wrong and I'm like Mm. just like wanting attention being over dramatic like all of these things and I do think it was like I feel like originally it was like my trans friends that I was like most nervous to Mm. talk to about it because they were like real trans people i mean like you know a lot of friends who are like uh very like much socially trans and just like like there's you know different different ways (laughs) i don't know of like identifying with like being um transgender non-conforming um and yeah my friends who always like felt like stably that were the ones i was like nervous to Mm. talk to Um, But then I did talk to them and it was just like, oh, yeah, you know, and I think we're definitely some of the people who made me feel comfortable and like they so quickly went into viewing me as that even before I like fully felt decided or like when I had a lot of that and I feel and like enjoying that and feeling like that's what I wanted, I think was helpful. And I think now I'm just in a place of. Yeah, I think I, for me, because I didn't find a label that was helpful, I think going from a place of, like, oh, I have to, like, figure this out to being, like, yeah, I'm on a path. I don't know. Yeah, like, like yeah. this could change throughout my life, and at some point maybe I'll be, like, oh, yeah, this was it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Or, like, oh, like, changing again. I But I feel like I don't feel any urgency about it. Yeah. Because I think there's the initial urgency of, like, oh, if I decide this, I have to tell people. And then what if I'm wrong, you know? Yeah. And that has gone away. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like that's definitely a lot of the fear that a lot of people when they're first coming out have. It's like, well, I have to be sure or else everyone's going to judge me if I change my mind. And I know that's something you wanted to talk about. Yeah, and I, I, well, I think especially with like, the attacks on trans people these days. Well, like, legitimately, like, one of the biggest narratives is, like, oh, or, like, about queer people, like, uh, 
gay people and things, but I think that that's going away a bit, but especially around trans people right now, especially in the U.S., is like, oh, they are not really this. Like, they're mm. imagining it. Like, there's all these different explanations. Yeah. I remember, like, I read, like, J.K. Rowling. Oh, my God. Like, You're going to bleep out her name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she Who Must Not Be Named, like, posted this whole long thing about why, like, specifically, like, AFAB people who are identifying as non-binary were just, like, didn't like sexism and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and I read that like right in the time I was thinking about that stuff and I I do feel like it like actively set back my thinking a little bit you Mm -hmm. know because I read that I read it too it was really upsetting yeah because it's like the fears that I had about myself that I now yeah more free from Mm -hmm. I'm glad you feel free from them she doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) if we can dig into it a little more how do you feel about the societal pressure to make a decision to be like yes this is what i am and how that relates to like like how how society expects queer people to exist and yeah. how what the actual experience of being queer is yeah okay i think that's a good way of framing it yeah so i think that part of the reason why thinking about especially gender was difficult for me is because I think when we see like like the general media portrayals on like coming out and on queer people and the way that queer people I mean and the way that like queer people tend to talk to themselves especially when about themselves when especially when they are like talking to straight like cishet general audiences is that like queer people is that like queer people have to come out because there is this innate thing inside of them that they are rock solid sure on and that to exist without coming out is like this great suffering that like makes them hate themselves and like not want to live and like the only way for them And then it's like justifies this is why we have to change because I am experiencing great suffering and so Mm. you should feel sad for me and why we have to change what do you mean like I don't know gay marriage being legal and like um, gender affirming healthcare for kids and like yeah gay and trans rights generally like being codified in law Um, and I think my friend Sasha said something I don't remember exactly what they said but that I think encapsulates a lot of like the problem with that is like we have to act very confident in ourselves because society as it is is really confident in itself Mm. and the problem with that is like because we are so told that we're like this one thing like to break out of that there's like so much uncertainty in that and I never found that like and I still like never feel I mean around sexuality sure but I think like especially around gender because for me it wasn't like it was less about like I had been suffering all of my life because like being perceived as a woman was yeah like this like suffering I was like conscious of all of my life it was more just like 
actually it's way more freeing to think of myself this way Mm. and like when my queer friends treat me this way like generally and like I feel like I have the same experiences of them and like this is what they call themselves and I feel like I understand a Mm, lot of this mm -hmm. and I'm drawn to a lot of this so I am them and that is you know yeah gender queer like non-binary like those are the labels that go with that and so I feel like I don't know just like the important yeah and so was more like that and it was just a community I felt like I existed in and like shared the same thing and I think at the same time again like there was the weird TikTok like lots of people discovering that about themselves during the pandemic so it almost like felt like there was a lot of like people experiencing the same thing at the same time and that's the word they were using for it and so it's like what made sense Hi there, it's post-production Sophia, just here to let you know Adele wanted to add a couple more thoughts on this topic after we finished recording, so here they are. One thing that I wanted to make sure that I got clear was that even though I talk about, like, discovering queerness and particularly transness, like, through suffering is not the only experience and isn't really my experience and kind of, like, make light about how the media dramatizes the queer coming out narrative through suffering like that is a lot of people's experience um and has been people's experience for a long time um and I think you know previously before society's gone through recent changes where queer people are more accepted at least in some spaces like kind of was more the only experience um but I think that this kind of conversation is important to have now because things are changing and this is just like how it's been for me yeah and so I don't want to say that like this is the non-binary experience and the trans experience and I think it's also this like difference that has caused some like tension and debate in the queer community where like people's queer identity became important to them in really different ways and people had to fight for it or not fight for it in different ways and that also affects people's like needs in the community um some people really need gender affirming care um and their lives aren't livable without that And so if your queer politics are only about what makes your life better, that can cause us actually not to be fighting for the same things. But I think that doesn't mean that, again, like, that's why we should talk about it and work through it and see how we actually can't fight for the kind of lives we want separately um and i think that's why what you're doing sophia is so important and i think that though in some ways i've had like a more cushy and easy experience i don't think it's been less deep (laughs) i don't or something and i think that like i i hope that what i share can show a unique and beautiful aspect of what queerness 
can be just like the stories of our resilience through adversity that a lot of people face for being queer reveal beautiful things about what queerness is. Thanks for your additional thoughts, Adele. And we are headed right back in. Yeah, I feel like a lot of like older generations are so confused by gender nonconformity and non-binary people. Or I guess I should say specifically, I don't I don't think they struggle necessarily with gender nonconformity, but more like the use of they them pronouns, like the label non-binary. Like I think that is something that's confusing to them because that's not the kind of language they would use to describe it. And like you're saying that it's it's sort of just like finding language for an identity and it like doesn't necessarily mean what society needs it to mean it can mean different things for different people yeah but it's like because that is like the general understanding people have sort of come to and i think especially during the pandemic it became more like not that not that the pandemic discovered non-binary people because that's (laughs) not what happened but yeah um you understand what i'm saying with that yeah yeah and i think that like Language is really important. Like, and I think another thing was struggle with me is it's not like I never felt so strongly about, I I always had trouble like figuring out how I felt about pronouns because I know I have like some feelings, you know, but you, you like feel different ways yeah. when people refer to you in different things at like different times and just, but I never felt, I usually introduce myself with all pronouns and just have most of my friends call me with they, them pronouns. But I mean, I do think that like having different words that like encompass what we are is important. I think that like, I don't know, queer people are like changing the way society exists and looks Mm. at people. And I think telling people to call you use they them pronouns for you doesn't necessarily change the way that you they look at you but I think without that existing it would be hard to ever like Mm. actually like get people to like shift their their mindset because like oh if there's like something to say it like helps it I don't know it just helps it make sense that that makes a lot of sense to me yeah because I feel like we could say like there's like the you know, antiquated argument, like, well, if people just want to be, like, want to transcend gender roles and and what's expected of their gender, like, why can't they just do that but still be a woman, you know? And I think it's more, like, without the kind of language and pronouns, there's no way to, for people to truly understand someone who, like, identifies that way. Yeah. I think I have, like, a complicated relationship with, like, because I think that a lot of discourse on trans people has become very fixated on pronouns. Yeah. And I think that, like, it's all very complicated. I think, like, thinking about gender in any other way is very difficult because I feel like what's happening right now is that queer people and queer communities are changing the social construct of gender in our society Mm -hmm. and that's like what they're working to do and just like I feel like a lot of so it's not like 
I don't, it's not like something you can touch. I don't know. It's like very, it's it's just this like weird mix of like how you want people to view you and treat you. And it's like, oh, why can't you just become like a masculine woman or like yeah. whatever? It's like, it's like, well, we don't have to do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, and the way that I feel like I interact with like my queer friends is not as a masculine woman or um feminine man it's just like as i don't know it's just you it's just me as my little gender queer self my little non-binary self and that like but then what we want is to be able to be that way in society as a whole and i think it's like it'll always be an interesting it, it'll be an interesting shift and like we don't yeah. know like how far it will go and i feel like there were definitely like a thousand different words for trans and non-binary people at different times in history and they were perceived as society how they want to be perceived differently and like we, we don't like we don't know like yeah you know um and i think that it's cool that we're continuing to build build our knowledge and ways of describing things it's not like like finding language for things that have always been there yeah but also that like we're definitely not the first people to think of this but this is like the language that we're using yeah now and i think that's why it can be hard to like straight people like to catch up you know but even like older queer people queer people like not knowing the language that we use oh yeah now the things i've heard older queer people say (laughs) yeah but it's like i i think that that's when we get caught up in that i i I think then like the problem with labels is like when we get caught up in that we can put that and the words people are using before how they actually see us and like Mm, treat us yeah um and the actual like way that our political system like allows us to exist or not and i think that like those are more important but then like i think that the way that our language is evolving to like describe new things in ourselves and like i don't know i feel like when you like you like describe something in one way to your friend and you're both like that's like the thing i feel like i've had that moments a lot with you where, where like one of us says a sentence and it's like yes like that is knowledge that is queer theory (laughs) like um and and i feel like you know we are building off of that and it might not always like be a linear building and like things like change and all this Mm -hmm. you know it's it's a process yeah do you feel like we're still in like a transition phase right now or do you feel like I guess I maybe I should phrase that as I feel like we're in a transition phase. Like, not I don't want to say catalyzed by the pandemic because I definitely think that this people were thinking about like language changing well before then. Just I I feel like in the past few years there's just been like a huge more than before like a huge swell of like at least in like the mainstream narrative like talking about queer people and I feel like it sort of to me feels like we're just like we're still in the thick of it and it hasn't reached a conclusion yet and I don't know if it ever will but I'm wondering what you if you feel the same way or what you think about that yeah I mean I think that's true because 
I mean, because there's a lot of bills particularly charging, like, targeting trans youth right now and particularly targeting, like, healthcare providers. Yeah. It's hard to tell now if that is, like, the backlash to Mm. us continuing to push forward or if we're having a moment, like, a step back. Yeah. Yeah. Change. I mean, we talk about, like, creating social change a lot in like (laughs) climate change stuff and i feel like it's all similar where like it's hard to tell how things work out in the long run because like on one hand like i don't know trump for example you can bleep that out too was like a horrible step back in so many ways but like people were way mobile more mobilized at that time than at others like at least like we know for sure from like the organizations that we've worked with like after yeah. trump went away they had less money they had less people um because we were like oh biden's president now we're fine yeah and so like will these new bills mobilize people or because like other things you know or will this get swept on the rug and like mm-hmm. be a step back like it's hard it's hard to know so yeah i don't know we'll see <laughs> It's a step forward for us. I don't know. (laughs) We love some queer joy. I mean, I don't know. I feel like when I was first coming out, in high like high school when I was such a baby I feel like I remember myself saying something like like I wouldn't choose to be this way you know like or something Mm. like dramatic like that and now just like my life would be so incredibly different Mm -hmm. I I thought you were gonna say dull (laughs) just because like all my like you said i don't know any straight people i know a couple straight people yeah but like most of my friends are queer and i just can't imagine my life another way and i really love my friends and yeah. they bring me a lot of joy and i just feel like there's a way that like queer people have had to question society <laughs> and like both their relationships and gender that just like make them more easily understand talking about like all sorts of like different yeah things i mean and as people who are like involved in like activism organizing Uh and like talking about how like the world needs to change and like how we can do that and like how how deep these are in our lives and like how it starts in like the smallest things i don't know what an example is but sort of creating in your life like what you want the future to look like yeah yeah and like how we treat each other with like Mm. justice and care and like allow each other freedom and like look at each other expressing something that's different about ourselves i don't know with like interest and like Mm -hmm. curiosity like i feel like I don't know. Open-mindedness. Yeah, open-mindedness. It just feels like a simple word for it, but, like, that it's kind of the, just, like, no, we're all learning together. We're all growing together. We're giving each other space to figure things out. Yeah, and I feel like if you're talking to your queer friend, like, and you're like, oh, I'm, like, questioning this thing about myself or, like, blah. I feel like in my experience, all my friends are like, ooh, yay, like, talking time. Like, let's go through this together. And it's yeah. just, like, 
because we've all experienced that to some extent and i think i've enjoyed the conversations that we have when we like i think that like being in any sort of oppressed group and society and we've talked a lot about how like the different kinds of that are different (laughs) are very different um (laughs) And, like, I don't feel like, you know, in the way, like, I don't feel like I've experienced, like, grand oppression I've had to overcome in my life or anything like that. But just, like, gives you a position to society where you just can, like, see different yeah. things. Because you've already, you, you don't need to come over the, like, oh, like, the system isn't working. Or, yeah, like, the way yeah, we talk about yeah, yeah, this yeah, isn't yeah, working. Because yeah. it's, like it's an old idea it's like something you already know it's like oh this is just like this other thing and i think some of my favorite conversations have been with you when we're like talking about like sexuality and and race and then like desirability politics like mm-hmm. like that phobia and things like that and just like how they all are connected to yeah it. yeah no i definitely agree like i am i often wonder like if i were white and not queer like would i care so deeply about things in the way I do and like like society changing and like being an active part of society changing like would I care that much and I'm because I think sometimes it still blows my mind like when I'm talking to white people and they say something like oh did you know this and I'm like yeah obviously (laughs) like I've experienced that and like I think like just having already having that understanding of like and again, like, I also don't feel like I've been, like, terribly oppressed in my life. Like, just, like, the more, like, layers and levels of oppression you experience or have engaged with, the easier it is to see that things aren't working and want to vision something that's that works for everybody. Yeah, and I think, I guess, going off of that, I think that the those connections are part of why have connections to like the why i think the way we talk about coming out sometimes has a problem or like yeah is not let's talk best. about that yeah you said it came up a little bit on your podcast before i'd be curious to know but i i think something we talked about talking about was that like again kind of touched on before like the coming out story is usually like oh this person feels it's about like one person feeling like really sad and then coming out and then like dating someone Mm -hmm. or something like that and I think so much of my experience of being queer has been more about like for for 10 years now has been more about like my friends and like the way we talk to each other and just like feeling really part of queer community Mm -hmm. um and one of the things I've thought about recently is that like I think that was one of the reasons why it made me like made it me harder to come out as non-binary because I felt that like I hadn't gone through that um and it couldn't just be like oh like this is what I'm feeling you know like these people are like me and it would be cool if my friends used they them pronouns and like treated me this way um and I also feel like a lot of the bisexual people I know specifically like like bisexual women a lot of she they say she's um (laughs) of our beloved friends who have like despite being like bisexual and non-binary because they've only dated men feel like 
constantly feel like they're like not supposed to like talk about certain things or like not queer enough and not queer enough and I think that like it definitely depends on each people but like those people that I know just you know who we're talking about just their (laughs) desire to be in queer community and like having completely queer friends and like talk about talking about these things and like just like their intense need for that yeah i feel like is just so visible and obvious and it's enough yeah and it's like yeah no i know exactly i know we know who we're thinking about and talking about but like i think probably the person we're talking about is like said to me like oh i don't sometimes i don't feel like i'm queer enough because i don't like because i've only dated men or like i've only had long-term relationships with men and like when they say that to me i i'm kind of like shocked because i'm just like no i see you as so queer like and i cannot see i cannot understand not seeing you as queer and nothing about who you date like has anything to do with it yeah yeah i'm thinking about them and i'm also thinking about like another person i was talking to them and because i was just thinking i was thinking about them too (laughs) yeah we had we had this there was this moment where i was with them and one of our other queer friends and we're both like kind of similarly masculine presenting Mm -hmm. and we were just like hanging out together like talking and i was like i love this i love like feeling like them being our little like like maskish like energy together and just feeling like very comfortable with them because of that and then i remember like expressing that to them and because they've never dated i didn't even know because they had never like dated a woman before they were like oh really like i feel like i don't see myself as like you know they were like surprised that i was like yeah i read you as like so queer Mm. or just like that I, i see them that way i see them as being like as masculine as i am or like yeah, these things yeah. but that was like exciting them to hear and i think also like not all bisexual people or even all gay people feel that way mm. and like feel queer community is as necessary to them because mm. i was trying to touch on like okay so i feel like there's a lot of like validity talk like Hmm. a lot of our focus is on like whether this person with all these specific labels and life experiences are like valid and they're still just as queer as like everyone else and i don't want to say i have a problem with that (laughs) but i think that like that's not the most Mm important okay and i don't i don't know what the like solution around like constantly being stuck in that is but i guess that just like i don't know see this is one of the things i like was thinking about touching on but i didn't really know how to talk about it i guess i guess i think that the way that we get around i I don't want my friends to feel (laughs) this way you know and like they're not valid but also it's like I get why other queer people I've seen other queer people be annoyed that we're always like constantly talking about whether these individual people feel valid versus like trans people being murdered and like and people Mm. like really not having access like being physically in threat and like not having like losing jobs and like things like that and then like 
people being frustrated. That's all about people being valid. And I think that like to get to a different point, just like talking about the experience of being queer differently. I don't know that it's like community and it's something that like people understand together. Mm. Like if there was one person on earth they couldn't be queer that exists because we have like i don't know like come together and called ourselves that or like in relation to a society and i feel like i lost where i was going a little bit because i I like in terms of the validity yeah i mean i think part of it is like i have to have suffered to be valid Mm -hmm. you know and i feel like that gets in like people trying you know like i'm that like a lot of the, like, evidence for why, like, these people are like, oh, like, they suffer from, like, these things and, like, by phobia and, like, are, like, this is why we need to, like, particularly claim these people as valid. And I just think if we, like, I don't know, queer community was just open to people and was, like, come join us, see if you feel better. <laughs> um, and, like, that's interesting. I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's hard because a lot of people don't have access to queer community yeah i guess in the same way that we do yeah that's i mean that's like those are very good points and i think i'm gonna have to think about them they're gonna have to marinate in my brain yeah and i don't fully know what i'm saying but like (laughs) i think in our climate justice and environmental justice organizing stuff that we do. I think something that I've like learned about that's been really helpful in thinking about that recently is the idea in terms of climate change that we have never lived in a way that's like as sustainable and just as we would need to be to like stop like and survive climate change and like both have be more sustainable as a society but both like prepare our communities to be as like strong and stick together as much as they need to during climate change and that to like create the change we need we we're at this place where we even have to like show people what that world would be or like because we don't even fully know it because we've yeah, never because we've never been there yeah, yeah we've never been there we've never lived it and so it's like there are ways you can talk about it and like incredible like authors like writing like sci-fi like about like like speculative fiction about like how the world could be and then also like in a local level uh, in our communities it's much easier to start at that level and like show how it would work because you know your community yeah and like we talk about our university a lot and like all Mm -hmm. of the things that like oh, if our university started thinking about, like, its priorities were to take care of people and not even, like, students, like, the whole community and to take care of the planet. And then we, like, go through everything our university does and, like, we can can think about how that would be different in a way that's, like, really concrete and then that can be, like, moved out. And I think that that is, like, the same as how queer people who are, like, friends or, like, in community spaces, like, exist with each other and talk to each other. And then that can be the whole world. Like, I don't think that... I feel like 
non-binariness and like gender queerness and gender non-conformity is like you can rebel against like societal standards and you can be like a masculine woman and you can be a masculine or a feminine man but to actually be viewed as outside of that you need other queer people have like created that together and I don't know like talked about that together and found new words themselves and like you know talked about how they wanted to be treated based on that and I think that like I don't know we do that all the time yeah it's like we love talking about it and it's like fun and freeing and I think that in in an ideal world that that's like a lot of what being queer is and that we need to do that for it to like move outside and be how society views us and I guess like then you could talk about okay well why why is viewing us like outside of gender like I don't know what we want or like something that's better for us and I feel like it's hard to some people feel it more strongly than I do but I Mm. I it has helped me think about myself I don't know it has been freeing for me it has made me feel good and is just like now how I think about myself yeah and it's cool that I get to talk about that a lot yeah and And it's cool that queer people have sort of made that more of a possibility and reality yeah and i think that that's why like part part of what i said like probably queer people like to exist in different ways throughout time like, yeah i'm sure and they'll other exist people differently come together. in the future yeah. too i had a thing about like because you said like the coming out story is usually about an individual falling in love with other individuals it's sort of going yeah. back to what we were talking about before because like i was talking to maya and we were talking about have you seen heartstopper no um, I know that you and Maya have seen Heartstopper. I know it's beloved by both of you. <laughs> well, the thing with Heartstopper that we were, I mean, we weren't critiquing it, but we were thinking about, like, media narratives. And we were mm-hmm. talking about how stories of people coming out or, like, being gay is so often about, like, dating someone and, like, or or falling in love with one person. Yeah. And, like, that's what it is in Heartstopper. It's, like, this, I mean, spoilers for Heartstopper. It's like a boy realizes he likes another boy and it's like mm-hmm. he feels very strongly about it. And that's like you don't get you're not going to get a media narrative of someone who's just like has vague feelings like I think I like yeah boys or like something like that. It's like it's got to be in, in the media. It's got to be something that's very like clear and very yeah. like, yes, I am confident about this. And it doesn't like the media doesn't portray the ambiguity and the like maybe it's not always like 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 you were saying it's maybe it's not always suffering maybe it's not always like clear cut and i guess i i'm thinking like i mean it might be hard for the media to portray that in a good way because like you know everyone wants to make a narrative that's about something more interesting than just yeah. like someone who's vaguely having thoughts yeah <laughs> yeah i think that it makes sense and i don't think it's completely like malicious or you know like you know and i think it's easier to see to understand things through like an individual story and that's like how we as a society usually tell stories and i think that like i mean i've experienced this i talked about before like love can make things really really clear Mm -hmm. really really suddenly yeah and it can also like it can also like like i feel like I don't know, good love 
<laughs> is very like what do I know but like like very vulnerable and is like you really being who you are mm-hmm. with a person and I think that that is like the same thing as the more like communal queer love we mm, feel yeah as like friends like us talking to each other about being about these things and like how we feel and being like interested in being interested in who we really are is like a form of us loving each other Mm. and i guess that's maybe part of why it's hard to imagine myself like being loved as deeply (laughs) with like out all the queer friends i have i don't know yeah no yeah i feel that i feel like there's like a deeper deeper level of understanding and like yeah yeah and i don't think it's something that's like like i feel like we're always like oh our queer friends are like blah blah, like like this our queer friends are like that but like i also feel that it's something like everybody can benefit from oh yeah talking this way and i think that like there are a lot of people who wouldn't end up like questioning their sexuality and gender because it would never be like there is some uncomfortability that drives it or like outside influences that drive it but like i don't know i like i have a very close friend that's a straight man (laughs) icon Um, we love him and we love him he's my roommate and his other friend told me that he told her that he has gotten a lot better about talking about his feelings because (laughs) of his two queer roommates because like we i don't know i feel like i just talk to him the way i talk to yeah my the rest of my friends and i think that like i don't i don't think i'm like turning gonna turn him queer ever but i think it's like definitely taught probably taught yeah, him to think about it benefits himself in a everybody way. yeah yeah and it's also like why i don't know the things that we're talking about about like wanting people to treat you and perceive you how you want and being able yeah. to express that with words is something that can benefit so many people yeah. outside yeah. of like mm-hmm the just the people who feel firmly like that they know that this is yeah. them that I feel like that's another reason like moving beyond the way we talk about this into like that being something that's more like open it's it, I don't know it's more about like no, happiness yeah. and being together I see I know what you're talking about and I feel like that sort of goes into like what I like like part of what is nice for me about being queer is just like you're sort of have been given a license to be outside of what society is expecting and i think Mm -hmm. a lot like sharing your emotions and having deep emotional conversations is not necessarily what society always encourages and Mm -hmm. especially i think for men yeah and i think that like being queer allows a little like not that like the second you're queer you're able to start having conversations but it like because you're already free from one aspect of society's like expectations it makes it easier yeah in a way yeah and i also just yeah and just like thinking oh no thinking about like how you want to express yourself is fine and doesn't harm yeah other people and you don't have to have this whole like justification like oh if i'm not if i start doing this it's because i am suffering and i can't do like any other way but it's actually just fine to like 
try things out and uh-huh. vibe and mm-hmm. i don't know force all men to wear skirts no don't do that <laughs> but like <laughs> just like play with gender and also just like other all the ways we can express ourselves yeah and that's yeah. cool. That is really cool. Yeah. And just like, I think approaching people with that kind of love and like love in that way makes you just more able to take care of each other. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's really important to survive. Yep. You got to take care of each other. You really do. Especially in the face of, a you know, any changes the world's going through. Yeah. Chaos. The orange line on fire. Yeah. Order and chaos. The orange line on fire. Yeah. <laughs> the, truly the biggest, the most queer phobic thing that's ever happened in Boston. <laughs> Very homophobic. The orange line being on fire. You know how much gay people love trains. Yeah, I do. Gay people love transit. Yeah. And that was a homophobic attack. That, that's not the story you hear in the, in no. the media, but we know. Yeah, we know we're talking about media narratives. That's the one we need to be talking about more. Yeah anyway michelle Wu, come on michelle get it together (laughs) that's the mayor of boston yeah we're in boston if you didn't already yeah we love talking about boston (laughs) (laughs) all right i think that's all for now yeah you go to your thing and maybe we'll pick up at a later date yeah think about the things we've been talking about cool i'm expecting from either one of us a frantic text like wait i just thought this this. Hi there, this is Sophia, and thank you so much for listening to the very first episode of I Don't Know Any Straight People Anymore. Our cover art is by Des Bennett, who's at ArtByDes on Instagram. Also, apparently I'm selling my art at a drag show with them next week, so that's cool. See the show notes for music credits and some other fun things. You can follow us on Instagram at idkanystraightpeople, straight spelled with the number eight people spelled like people. I Don't Know Any Straight People Anymore can be found on most streaming platforms. Tune in next time for when I get even closer to discovering why I don't know any straight people anymore. Huge thank you to Adele for letting me post their episode first. What else does one put in an outro? Outro.